I just want to say one word about that song that we just sang, Hope on the Horizon. Chris and I went to London in May for a week, and I looked up churches in the area because I was like, I've got to go to church on Sunday morning. I'm a pastor. That's what we do. And so I went <laughs> I went to a, church, a new church start. Um, it was about 10 years old. It met in the upper uh, the upstairs of a coffee house that they ran during the week to help pay the rent for their building. I was like, oh, this feels like home because we had just closed on the purchase of the bowling alley um, that is going to start renovations next week and I'm super excited about. That'll help pay for the cost of, of buildings where churches meet and do their ministry so that all of their funds and resources could be used to, to equip the people to do the ministry and mission of Jesus. It was it was an exciting and amazing thing to be a part of. I was really, um, I was, it was just awesome to get to to be there and be with them, but they sang this song, Hope on the Horizon, and I told Chris, I was like, you know, holding his hand in worship, and I was like, I want us to sing, I want Horizon, I feel like this song was written for us, I want us to sing it, so we got back, and we told Abby, like, look up Hope on the Horizon, and sing the song, she's like, I've looked everywhere for this song, Hope on the Horizon, I can't find it anywhere, and we were like, well, this is the guy's name, like, look, look you know, look harder, and so... <laughs> Because that's what I thought. I love you. So she's she's worked for us for over a year. She knows how I am. So uh, she was like, Erica, Chris, like we real. I can't find the song. So Chris emails the guy, and the song was sang that Sunday, and it's never been published. So he like leads worship conferences and stuff. It was his first time ever singing the song. We were there for it, and it has not been published. So we were like, can you send us anything you have so Abby can figure out how our band can sing this song? And I just love the song of hope on the horizon, waiting, because we believe in this place that Christ's kingdom is coming. We're going to roll up our sleeves and be a part of it. But we believe there is a day when the hungry are going to be fed, when the homeless have a place to live, where the hurting are finding healing and where the hopeless are not hopeless anymore. And it is so exciting to look out here and know that over the past four years, this church has done that uh, to the best of our abilities. In times when we couldn't meet together, in times when we were meeting on the field of a closed down church, we've done the best we can to say that this is what we believe, that Christ's kingdom is indeed coming no matter what is happening in the world. And so I just want to start this morning that when we talk about pre-decide, we've pre-decided this morning that hope is on the horizon, Christ's kingdom is coming, and that changes the way we are in this room this morning. I want to ask you a question this morning. What, what, do, you think, what do you think is the difference between a purposeful life and a purposeless Life. What do you think is the difference between a person who's living a life full of purpose and a person who's living their lives with no purpose? What do you think the difference is? What do you think the difference is in a person who wakes up every day and lives their lives in some kind of relationship that makes zero sense and is unhealthy for them and they can't quite get things right in life? What do you think the difference is between that and a person who has healthy, life-giving relationships? What do you think the difference is between a person who goes to work a job every day, not really enjoying what they do, and the person who's finding purpose and meaning in their life's work? What do you think is the difference in a person who's finding ways to serve others in our world and it's giving them life-giving, meaningful ministry, filling up their hearts? What do you think the difference is in that and a person who, when they find themselves volunteering or serving others in our world, feel like it's just another thing they have to do on their plate. What do you think the difference is in a person who's living a purposeful life and a purposeless life? What do you think the difference is? Hope. That's good. That's good. It's, 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 it's simple. It is one word. It's decisions. And the decision, to the pre-decision to hope 
Decisions are the difference between a person who's living a purposeful life and a purposeless life. That is the difference. The difference is not. So some of you are sitting here and like, I don't know if it's decisions. The difference is not intelligence. So some of you are like, I'm not smart enough to go get that job or go do that thing next or whatever. The difference in a per person who's experiencing a life full of purpose and a person who is not experiencing any purpose in their lives is not because somebody else is smarter. It's not because someone, someone else is more talented. Tal there are plenty of talented people who get up every single day and work jobs that they do not like. There are plenty of talented people who get up every day and don't actually get to use the talents they have because of the decisions that they make. So it's not your appearance, uh, it's not your intelligence, it's not your talent, and it's not your appearance. So people think, oh, that person's like, they look, they look really nice. I'm sure they have really good relationships in their lives. No, they probably, that doesn't mean anything about your ability to have relationships or friendships or get a job. Intelligence, talent, and appearance doesn't matter. The difference is the decisions that you make. Sorry, we're having a little bit of issue with our, um, with our pro presenter this morning. That's all right. So the, the difference is the decisions that you make. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. So if you're making good decisions, you are going to have a better quality of life. Thank you, Chris. I know you know how to fix this. I was like, somebody get over there and fix that. Um, so the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. I'm, um, if you have your Bibles with you, if you'll turn to Joshua 24, chapter 15. If you don't, oh, look at there. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. Somebody needs to write that down today. It's on your worksheets. Um, if you will, if you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. This is going to guide us this morning, this, net, this scripture that I'm going to read. Joshua is a leader who's leading the people of Israel after Moses, their actual leader, has died. And so Joshua is having to make decisions every single day about how he's going to lead the people. And, and God has brought them through amazing hardships, right? God just keeps delivering them. He asks Joshua to stand up and make some hard decisions, but Joshua keeps, God keeps bringing hope to these people. And this is what Joshua says near the end of the book after, after doing, making all these decisions to follow, follow God. This is what he says. If serving the Lord, this is what he looks at his people and says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if it doesn't seem like something you want to do, then choose for this day. Right now, make the decision. Choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land we are living, decide right now who it is you are going to serve. We're all making a decision right now about who we're going to serve. You all got up this morning. Some of you got kids ready. Some of you rolled out of bed and chugged a cup of coffee and got yourselves here because you pre-decided this morning who you were going to serve. And Joshua said, that, that's what I'm asking you to do. But he says, I'm asking you to choose. If you're going to serve the lords and the gods of, your, of the place where you live, of the people all around you. But as for me, he says, as for me and my household, we pre-decided that we are going to serve the Lord. And when you make that value, something that you value in your life, 
your decisions become easier. You make 35,000 decisions a day from what you're going to eat and drink and wear and how you're going to get to work and how your kids are going get to get to where they're going. You make 35,000 decisions a day. And the only way to make more quality decisions for a better quality of life is to make better and fewer decisions. So we've got to pre-decide a few things in our lives for the quality of our lives. I'm not telling you all this because I just I had nothing better to do and I just wanted to teach or preach at people today. I'm asking you all to make some pre-decisions today because I know it's going to make your lives easier. I didn't say easy. I said easier than having to every single day make the little decisions. What can we pre-decide right now in our lives so that as those big decisions come up, we're ready to make quality and good decisions? So you're like, yeah, I want to make, make really good decisions. That's what I want to do every day. But so many of us in this room struggle to make good decisions. We get to decide if we're going to get up at 5.30 a.m. and exercise and we choose to sleep in. We get to decide if we're going to drink eight glasses of water a day and we wind up stopping at four and drink something else at night, right? Some of us do that. We get to decide if we're going to go in to our work and be a person of integrity, a, a person of character and honesty in front of the people that we work with, but we wind up going in there and snapping at the people we love. We come home and we have the choice, the decision to make to be a good parent or a good spouse or a good partner or a good friend who calls somebody, up else, somebody else up at night. And what do we choose to do? Turn on Netflix and binge for hours. What is the difference in quality decisions and a quality, a quality life and a not, a not purposeful, a purposeful life. What is, the, what is the difference in that? It is the decisions that you are making in your life. So I think it's important, before we start talking about how to make good decisions, what are the reasons we're making bad decisions? So we're going to look at several stories in the Bible today. I'm going to just sort of give you a, a couple sentences. Most of you have on your, seat, on your uh, seats a worksheet, and if you flip that over, there's a daily devotional for you to do this week that has stories of people who have pre-decided in the Bible, and we get to read about the way their decisions were easier, their lives were easier and more full because of the, of the things that they pre-decided. So that's what you're going to do this week. I'm going to go over some of them really briefly today, but I want you to spend some time with God in these stories and, and decide what it is that you are going to pre-decide. But before we get there, I want you to understand why it is that we make bad decisions. The first is we're overwhelmed. I told you we're making 35,000 decisions a day. We struggle to make good decisions because we are overwhelmed. Anybody in here feel like you're overwhelmed? Like, I have to make one more decision. I'm going to scream. I don't want to keep making all these decisions for myself, for the people around me. I'm making too many decisions. There's a man in the Bible. His name was Abraham. He was supposed to lead people. God set him apart. He's talked about a lot in Genesis. And Abraham has all these decisions that he's got to make. And y'all know what he does? He gets this amazing woman. Her name is Sarai. He marries her. They're having this good life. God's like, you got to go and you got to tell, you, you got to make some decisions to help your people out. And so he goes and, and he realizes it's going to be a little harder than he thought. And he's making all these decisions to get to this place. And, he, you know, he's overwhelmed. And y'all know what he does? He passes his wife, the love of his life, off, at, off as his sister and gives, him, gives her to another man. It was like, you can have her. Who made?
make, like, do you want to talk about a non-quality decision? Because he's overwhelmed with all the decisions that he was having to make. And he made a really, really bad decision that hurt him and others because he was overwhelmed. If he would have predecided to have faith in God and do what it was God asked him to do, he would have never been in that place to start with. If he would have predecided that, yes, things might be hard, but I'm going to have hope, he would have never been put in that place to start with. We make bad decisions because we are overwhelmed and we hurt ourselves and the people around us because we are overwhelmed. There are some places that we aren't making decisions. The second reason that we struggle to make good decisions is because we're afraid of making a wrong choice. Indecision is a decision. Indecision is a decision. Jonah decide you know God calls Jonah and he says I need you to go and preach the good news to these people in Nineveh and he's like nah I don't think I want to do that and so he decides to go off sailing instead indecision is a decision and it gets you in the well of a belly uh, the belly of a whale and it's not super fun there he spends three days in the dark praying to God like just I'll make a good decision if you'll get me out of this indecision is a decision and just because it's hard doesn't mean that you're not supposed to make a decision. We are afraid of making a wrong choice to the point it paralyzes us. It cripples us in the lives that we are living and we can't move forward. We are so afraid of making a wrong decision. We struggle to make good decisions because we let emotions rule. There's a guy named David. He was set aside from the time he was 12 years old to be the king of Israel. He's got everything in the world going for him. He's the king of Israel, God's chosen king, y'all. And y'all know what he does one afternoon? He lets his emotions rule his life. He looks at a beautiful woman, and he says, I think that's what I want more than anything else in the world. And he forgets what it is God has asked him to do, and he creates an entire mess. He winds up getting her pregnant. They have a kid. He kills her husband. Like The guy makes an entire mess out of life because he let his emotions rule in a moment. I'm not going to be faithful to what it is God's called me to do. I'm going to act on my emotions. We, I want that, so I'm going to go get it because I haven't predecided to be faithful to the life God has called me to. And some of you in here are like, that's pretty extreme. It is pretty extreme. But then I think about leaving here with my kids, and I've just read to y'all, love is patient and love is kind. And I walk out the door, and one of them does something that makes me mad, and I fly off the handle before I even know what's going on because I let my emotions rule, and I haven't actually predecided that love is patient and love is kind. Every moment of our day, we have this this, these things in our lives, we are overwhelmed. We are scared of making good decisions, and, and we are, we're just, like, not living. We're letting our emotions rule. So how do we avoid all these bad decisions? we gotta, we got to pre-decide right here and right now. Y'all aren't sitting here by accident. Don't make this hour a waste. Decide right now a few things that you are going to pre-decide. Followers, of, there's a simple formula. When faced with a decision, I have pre-decided to take this action. And it starts with the small things. When faced with a car pulling out in front of me, I have pre-decided to love that person and not shoot them the bird. Y'all don't do that. Y'all better not be doing that with your Horizon Church stickers on your car. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Pre-decide if you're going to put that sticker on your car. You're not going to do that. 
But when faced with a decision, I have pre-decided to. And so I'm going to just share with you six things that followers of Jesus should pre-decide right now in their lives, okay? So if you're ready to start making some good decisions, I want you to pre-decide this. I want you to pre-decide that you are ready. Pre-decide that you are ready. There's a woman in the Bible. Her name is Ruth. She, her husband dies. Her uh, father-in-law dies. It's two women in, like, the ancient Near East with no husbands. This is not a good situation for them. That's a, it's a bad situation. Let me be honest with you. And so she's like, I, we have no idea what we're going to do. Her mother-in-law is in absolute grief and depression. And, and Ruth has to decide what they're going to do. A famine hits the land. They have no way to eat or make money for, for, the, for the two of them. They have no idea what they're going to do. And you know what? You know what Ruth pre-decides? Some of you have said this in your wedding vows. I, I've, heard, I've heard this. Wherever you go, I'll go. God, wherever you're going, I'm going. I'm ready. Ruth decides. Ruth says, I'm ready. Wherever God asks you to go, are you ready? Can you pre-decide that this morning? I am ready to go wherever it is God has asked me to go. Followers of Christ are ready. Followers of Christ are consistent. We are consistent. You're not guessing what the next thing they're going to do. I've, I've had to work on this one more than anything else I've had to work on because people are like, Erica, we have no idea what you're going to do next. And, and that's not a good way to lead. Followers of Jesus are consistent. You ought to know more than anything else that the, the three things I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to make sure people know they are loved by Jesus. I'm going to make sure this church is making disciples. I'm going to make sure we're mobilizing disciples to change the world. I'm going to be consistent with those three things in my life, period. What are the things that you are going to do and be consistent about in your life? What kind of mom are you going to be? What kind of spouse are you going to be? What kind of boss are you going to be at work? What kind of human are you going to be in the world? What are the values that are driving you? And how are you being consistent about those? Can other people name those values in your life? People are consistent. Daniel was a guy in the Bible. He was the king's, he was a servant to a king, and the king was like, you got to bow down and give your allegiance to me. And he's like, I'm sorry, dude. I follow God, so I'll do what you ask, but I'm really, like, my allegiance goes to God. Sorry. And they're like, for 10 days then, I, you're not eating or drinking. And he said, for 10 days, I'll show you my God will provide for me. I'm going to be consistent. Who my ultimate, sorry, my ultimate God is is God. It's not anybody else. And some of you need to make those kinds of decisions in your lives because it'll, it'll, it'll help you make the little decisions easier. I'm going to serve God. My house is going to serve God. So we're going to pray before dinner. You see the little decisions that start to happen when we pre-decide these things? Followers of Christ are consistent. Followers of Christ are devoted. They're devoted. There's a woman named Esther her people are being mistreated. Her mom and dad died. She's being raised by her uncle named Mordecai. And God says, I need you to show up for your people. And she says, I am so devoted to you, God, and to the people that you are creating and bringing together. I'm devoted. What is it that you are devoted to? Look around. Think about what your life looks like. What is it that you are devoted to? What is it that you are devoted to? Esther says, I'm devoted to God. Followers of Christ are generous. There's a man named Zacchaeus. He was a short, anybody ever heard the song? He's a wee little man. Um, 
I, that's all the song I know. And he, he hid up in a tree for Jesus to come by so he could see him. Zacchaeus was a terrible, awful guy. He cheated all these people out of money. He exploited them. He used their money to get himself rich. He was like not a good guy, right? And he's up in the tree and he's watching Jesus come by. And Jesus says, hey, get down out of that tree. I'm going to go have dinner with you. And in that dinner, Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, that's great. Followers of Jesus are generous. And he says, all right, I'll give all my money back and four times what I made to the poor. And it changed his life and his heart because followers of Christ are generous. What is it that you're holding on really tight to today? What would it look like for you to be a follower of Jesus who just opened your hands, opened your heart this morning? Followers of Jesus are generous. Followers of Christ are faithful. Abraham, that same guy who passed his wife off as his sister and wasn't doing what it was God asked him to do, he, he had a moment where he repented of that and where God redeemed him and made him new. And y'all know what he did? It, this is complicated. I'm going to preach a whole sermon about it at some other time. I just want you to know that he was so faithful, he took his son. His name was Isaac. And he said, I want, God said, I want, you, I want you to lead him up on a mountain. I want you to sacrifice him. And he, I, I'll tell you, the spoiler alert is God doesn't actually ask him to sacrifice Isaac. But he, uh, Abraham's like, I'm so faithful. This is what I'm going to do. God changed his heart. And he predecided, I'm faithful. And I don't know how this is going to end up right now, but I'm going to follow you God. Abraham decided that he was faithful after not being faithful. So some of y'all are like, I'm a lost cause. I made too many bad decisions. I want you to know you're not too far away from God to be generous and faithful and ready and consistent. These things are not too far away. You can pre-decide that right now. Don't let this hour be a waste of your time. Decide, pre-decide right now that you're going to be some of these things. Followers of Christ are finishers. This is my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing. Jesus, who spent three years of his life showing us what it meant to be ready and consistent and faithful. Jesus, who spent his life helping people that we'd never see in the shadows of the world, helping us to see them and think about them, helping us to see our own hearts and think about ways we could do it different. He didn't just go home one day and decide to give it up. He took this all the way to the cross. And he died on the cross for us because he predecided, I'm going to finish the work God has called me here to do. I'm going to be faithful in this moment. He died and he was raised again after three days over all the powers of the things that hold us down and keep us from making good decisions. Followers of Jesus are finishers because we follow the one who's finished it all anyway. We follow the one who's predecided that every person in this room was worth it to finish the work of God, and hold nothing back. That's who we follow. Followers of Jesus finish what it is God has asked us to start. I told y'all lots of stories of people in the Bible who predecided some things, but I need to share with y'all a couple last week that was here at our church that predecided they were going to be ready to go when God asks them to go. They're going to be faithful to do what it is God had asked them to do. They were going to be consistent and shine light and ignite change wherever it was God asked them to go. This couple was going to finish whatever it took 
to, to get it there, and you all were a part of that. Do you all know what those are? Those are boxes that were packed up in Tampa. They were laying on my front porch on Sunday night, and on Monday afternoon, a little boy is taking those to single parents because this church has pre-decided we're going to shine light and ignite change no matter what storms come through. Our decisions matter. Somebody decided to take their free time on Sunday afternoon last week and go get some boxes and some tape for people who needed them. And look what our pre-decisions meant. It meant single moms could pack up the last bit of stuff that wasn't ruined by a hurricane with kids who loved them. Look at that, y'all. Y'all pre-decided that this was important. And Zach and Jennifer, if you'll show that picture really quick of Zach and Jennifer, pre-decided that whatever it was that we asked them to do, they were going to do. And so yesterday morning, on Saturday morning, they're young professionals who work really hard jobs. They got up at 6 o'clock in the morning and they drove to Fort Myers to put the roof on houses of people, uh, uh, roof on the houses of people. This is Miss Brenda. I'm going to tell you a story about her a little later. But they climbed up. I don't. I would pre-decide not to climb up on the roof. I, I will pre, I'll tell y'all, I will pre-decidedly serve Jesus on the ground any day. I don't do that. But, but Zach says, I'll go wherever you tell me to, God. You want me on the roof? I'm up there. Jennifer was up there, too. We just didn't get a picture of her. Uh, but they pre-decided that people in, in Fort Myers, Florida, don't need to worry about water coming in on their roof because they matter. And we have a chance to shine light and ignite change. And so a little decision, getting up early on a Saturday morning and driving down to Fort Myers, changes the course of history for a woman named Brenda and six other houses that they tarped the roof of. This is my mentor, George Acevedo, who predecided to pour into my life. And our church benefits from it. And these people have gone down to be the body of Christ alongside people who are hurting. Y'all see what these predecisions mean? We finish what it is that we start here because we follow a God who says no hurricane, no hopelessness, no hurt, no pain, none of that will have the last word, I will. And if you haven't made the decision to pre-decide that in your life, I'm asking you this morning, can you pre-decide that you're going to follow the one, the Jesus who has finished it all for us so that we can be people who roll up our sleeves and climb up on the roofs of people who are hurting so that water doesn't come in their house? Can we pre-decide that we're going to be ready to go wherever it is God asks us to go? Can we pre-decide we're going to be consistent and people around the world aren't talking about Christians not being able to be consistent about things, but they're like, man, these Christians I know at Horizon, all they do shine light and ignite change. Can we pre-decide we're going to consistently be those kinds of people? Can we pre-decide that we're going to be faithful, we're going to be devoted to one another, y'all show up at 7 o'clock in the morning at Patches to eat breakfast together to support and love one another? Can we pre-decide we're going to be these things for each other? Because we live in a world desperate for us to pre-decide that these things matter. Don't let this hour be a waste of your life. You pre-decided this morning to be here. Finish out the pre-decision. What does it look like? What is God asking you to do this week? And don't just let it be about this hour. Keep pre-deciding every week. Take that worksheet home with you and read those stories every day about people being ready and faithful and consistent. Finishers, read those stories and let those pre-decisions begin to change your lives. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for pre-deciding that we are worthy in this room. Pre-deciding that we are people who you want to live a life that is purposeful and meaningful. 
For those of us who've lived lives that felt a little wishy-washy or not very purposeful this week, we give our lives to you all over again this morning. We want to be ready and consistent and faithful. We want to finish what it is you've asked us to do to shine light and ignite change all over Florida, God. We pre-decide this morning to be your people, people who shine your light and ignite your change, and we thank you so much that you pre-decided we were worthy to do that. We love you. Amen.